evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to Stories from the Vortex. I'm Matthew Kressel, and I'm joined by the one and only Mary Lang. Hi. And I'm also joined by the man from the land down under, the sometimes hilarious Robert Haynes. I hear voices. <laughs> and whose voices might that be, Robert? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of the Eleven and his multiple personality disorder. <laughs> Which is an appropriate topic to be thinking about for this episode. We're going to be doing what you might call double eight. We're going to be looking at two recent Eight Doctor box sets. We're going to be looking at Dark Eyes 4, which we originally recorded in episode four about a year ago. That was famously or infamously <laughs> derailed by technical issues that, knock on wood, we have hopefully sorted out for this recording. But we'll also be talking about the beginning of a new era for the Eighth Doctor, the very first Doom Coalition box set released last fall. But before we do that, we have a bit of feedback, including a rather unexpected piece mm. regarding our previous episode from another than Rob Shearman, who wrote the episodes that we reviewed, to which he said, Thanks for the kind words, guys. Fascinating to hear your take on the stories I wrote so long ago. I haven't listened to either in at least a dozen years. And your discussion almost, almost prompted me to do so. Best wishes and all the best the podcast, too. Yeah, I'm so impressed. I mean, to hear yeah. Rob Sherman himself. <laughs> yes, it was it was a very yeah. unexpected piece. But thank you very much, uh, Mr. Sherman, for uh, writing on the website. We also had a, another piece of feedback on episode 42 from MacBomb, who posted on our website as well. More Frobisher would definitely be a good thing. All hail the big talking bird. Enjoy the podcast. I picked it up strictly <laughs> on the basis of the title, Love Frobisher. Uh, Mitch from Omaha uh, actually wrote in before we recorded our previous episode, but sadly ended up in the spam box, uh, to write in about our sound oh. quality. Thank you very much for that. Uh, we also have another piece of feedback from Jason in London, who says, Hi, guys. So my bold plan to stay the course with the Eighth Doctor and Lucy Miller range went the way of most things in life. Something else happens while you're busy making <laughs> grand plans. I ended up doing Dark yes. Eyes. It was all that PR and awards talk. However, I have to say that, in all honesty, I was a little bit disappointed with it. The sound is amazing. It's a soundscape, and for that alone, it gets huge praise. But it's really a story that has a great first episode, they should do should have told the entire episode through the First World War setting and then gets weaker and weaker until the end. I was starting to feel like it was all unfocused and the final exposition explanation left me cold. Terrific performances, yes, but it's just not Jubilee or Chimes of Midnight, which are exceptional because they don't have filler excursions. In the 70s when I was a kid, they released Genesis of the Daleks on vinyl record. I listen to it endlessly, and it's become my benchmark for a great audio drama, i.e. it needs to sound like an episode of TV, or at least to be as compelling without explanation of everything. So, I returned to the excellent Survivors, recommended by you guys, and I did series two. This is where the gold is, rich, subtle, epic, and glorious, unflinching drama that unfolds with natural narrative built in and less clunky dialogue. I find the Blake 7 Liberator Chronicles has the same superior dialogue, perhaps perhaps oh, yes, because it can be darker yes. and much more adult. Yeah, coming, coming to think of that more adult, that's, I reckon he's, he's hit something on the head there with the way these stories are told. Unlike, say, something you watched the, you know, the original Torchwood uh, episodes when they 
that and they were thinking they were, they were being adult by adding sex mm. and swearing and and violence uh, and i think you know these audios just go to show that that is the way to be adult right. to tell adult hmm. stories right telling um, more mature stories without yes rating. yes resorting to yeah with mm. cheap yeah. dialogue and and uh, yeah, and like you said sex yeah. and all um he does mm, have a little yeah. bit more here so I guess I'm saying that I get more from Survivors and Blake 7 than I do from Who at Big Finish. I'm looking forward to seeing what else you guys discover. You've given me such a great window into Big Finish. So far, it's not the Who range that works for me, so perhaps countermeasures or something else. Anyway, check out Survivors 2. It's genius. I'm doing 3 next. Thanks for the podcast, guys. Jason. Oh, very nice. Well, yeah, and then we did review countermeasures, which we all yes. loved. So, yeah. Yeah, there are wonderful things going on outside of the mm. who range. Big Finish really catered to a wide variety of tastes. So if you don't like, say, for example, the Doctor Who main range, there are plenty of the spin-offs or um, you know, other ranges as, as uh, he indeed yes. has found out. And I have to say that just speaking from a strictly our podcast point of view, two of our most popular episodes have been the two Blake 7 episodes that we've done to date. And at one point, mm-hmm. our most downloaded episode was one of the Blake 7 episodes. Really? Um, so go oh. figure. Yeah. Uh, but it's yeah, it it is is something uh, I think we'll, we do try to delve into occasionally. And in fact, um, we do have plans to take a look at another non-Doctor Who Big Finish series in the not-too-distant future. But that's a couple episodes time. But for this episode, we're definitely going to be focusing on Doctor Who. And we're finally catching up with something that we talked about a year ago, uh, <laughs> which is, of course, Dark Eyes 4. Are you an artist, Monsieur Doctor? Robocoat. What is your medium? Time. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, Dark Eyes 4. I've lost something. I've reason to believe it's close by. I, I wonder, and this might sound odd, but have you seen a large blue box recently? There are hundreds of ships. Thousands. Alert High Command. They're heading straight for us. You fool. You're too late. <laughs> it's hard to explain, but let's just say there was a glitch in the chronology of the universe. Last. You must have damaged the timelines more than I thought. The Doctor must be found. What's happening to your eyes? They're turning black. I am the destiny and salvation of the Dalek race. I will control all Dalek operations throughout all of time! Time controller? What do you control exactly? Stomach! Oh, please, 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 please. No applause. I am just your humble master. Must. Stop. Time Lord. I was always coming back. I've just had to do it a little sooner than I'd have liked, that's all. It's Molly. It's something to do with Molly. Doctor, now we talk. Big finish. We love stories. Well, Dark Eyes 4, when it was released last March, promised to be the grand epic finale of the Dark Eyes box sets. And it's as we talked about when we reviewed box sets two and three, especially part of the problem that Dark Eyes as a series had was that it was only meant to be one box set from day one. And then it was so successful, mm. so popular, it won awards for crying out loud that they felt, hey, we can do more based on it. But effectively, Dark Eyes two and three 
could have been named anything else and could have been its own separate mm. series. Yes. But not only that, but mm. because they kept it ongoing, they felt the need to keep bringing in new elements and new stuff to keep it going. And going back over Dark Eyes 4, the notes I made uh, when I listened to it about a year ago when we reviewed it the first time round unsuccessfully, I get the impression from my notes I did then that Dark Eyes 4 is very much continuing in that vein. But not only that, but because so much had been sort of unraveled and there were all these loose threads, they felt they had to wrap everything up. And as a result, mm -hmm. you get four very interesting stories making up one box set that at the end of it may or may not tie up all the loose ends that were created by the series. Yeah, um, one thing that I, I feel the we've talked about um, box set yes. fatigue. You know, you, you really get pulled into a story with box set one, and then each subsequent one seems to like thin things Diminishing out. Returns. And the Dark Eyes tried to get bigger and bigger with each box set. And I think with with four, they tried to pull it down into some smaller stories again to kind of, I don't know, re-engage us or whatever. But also, as you say, uh, to tie up a bunch mm. of loose ends. So to some degree, Dark Eyes 4, for me, was a little more successful in that it did bring it down to some smaller stories yeah. at first. Um, but then it has that tendency, as all of these do, to within just within this box set to build and build so that the fourth story in it, you know, is once again, you know, massive mega story, you know, that that I tend to check out during the course of it. It's like, oh, this is just it's too much. Yeah. It's too big. It's uh, it, it starts me. off in a very kind of small scale kind of way with mm -hmm. A Life yeah. in the Day by John Dorney, which I, I considerably enjoyed. And it did some interesting character yeah, development too. with Livchenka played by Nicola Walker because it's something that I know Mary you've talked about a lot and I think Robert you commented on this when we reviewed Dark Eyes 3 as well that her character tends mm. to be kind of down and morose and yeah and wet, blanket. yeah wet blanket was the way you put it I just I remember I think trying to be something of a Livchenko apologist and trying to explain why I thought the character needed to be that way <laughs> but the, but A Life <laughs> in the Day is a beautiful little story in its own right at least in this box set and it yes. also it starts off small but by the end of it you get the thread that's going to run throughout the rest of the box set and as you said Mary from there the story just keeps getting bigger and bigger and mm -hmm. bigger. I mean, you end mm -hmm. up going from London to Paris to Moscow to an alien world in the future. Yeah. And we keep adding in monsters and, and yeah. villains. Yes. Yeah. We're throwing this on Terrence as well as the... Yeah, well, the song, <laughs> I mean, the Dalek... And the eminence. Yeah, I was going to say, and it's it was sort of like, yeah, the Sotarans are very prominent on the box set artwork, which I'm looking at on the Big Finish website at the moment. As are, as as are, are the Daleks, Daleks but of course yeah. Dark Eyes started with the Daleks, so it made sense when you were going to wrap up the set that you were going to go back to them. Even right. though they effectively disappeared out of the middle of it, outside of the opening of Dark Eyes 2, and then it really becomes about the eminence in the back, right, half, of, yeah. in the back half of 2 going into 3. And of course, they reappear at the end of this as well. But the Sontarians show up in it almost needlessly. They don't actually do yes. anything when they show up in the third story. Um, other than, uh, I I, I want to say comic relief, but I'm not even sure that's the correct phrase. I think they just wanted to show how powerful the Daleks were by having them subjugate the Sontarans. Um, yes. Yeah, and of course, Alex McQueen's uh -huh. Master is back for... Uh, once again, yeah. something else, very prominent on the box set, but barely appears in it at all. 
which yeah. sort of once again talking about the eminence middle of the story disappears again even though him and uh nicola walker have a wonderful sort of repartee between them as well because sort of just going back and forth at one another and you know the the occasional sort of interjections between mcgann and mcqueen are of course something that must be heard mm-hmm. they spar mm-hmm. off each other quite nicely yeah. can i ask something which you guys may have found but did you feel that Paul McGann seemed a bit, it's like he, he had fatigued with this kind of um, Dark Eyes uh, stories. Did you think, did you get that feeling through his performance? Because I reckon yeah. I did. <laughs> okay, no, I didn't yeah, pick I up didn't on that. Yeah, I didn't pick up on it either. And in fact, listening to the extras for this, he seemed, you know, quite happy that, oh, we're doing another set and we're going to do more box sets after this kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, um, seem, yeah, very. And by that. I was lucky enough; I got to interview him on stage at Conquistorbus last July, and I mean, he you know, he lit up talking about Big Finish more so, I think, than talking about his experience yes, on the TV yes. movie. Interestingly enough, well, that was so long ago. I, I wonder if he yeah. even barely remembers. He that. remembers <laughs> quite a bit about it, uh, or at least that was the impression I got when I interviewed him. But he he seems very happy to keep coming back to Big Finish and doing more. But, you know, I didn't get the sense of box set fatigue from him. I did, where I got the fatigue from, perhaps, was in the writing for this. Because it's it's like going back to Dark Eyes 2, in a way, which was my least favorite of the previous sets. The need to keep throwing stuff yeah. into this to kind of, you know, keep it going. And in this case, you've taken so many toys out of the boxes where you've got to put them all back in. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. does. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the, another element, you know, from Dark Eyes One. I mean, I know they couldn't get the actress that played Mario yes, yes. anymore. So all this time through these various box sets, you're wondering what happened to her. Well, guess what? Here she is they, <laughs> in this set, but played by yes. entirely different because they have aged. Like, yeah, yeah. I she mean, did a good yeah, job. Sorsha uh, Cusack. Yeah. Set. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say this box set seems to suffer from the, and yet there's more <laughs> syndrome. You know, the guy on TV that, you know, that's yeah. normal. <laughs> there's I more. Thought, I thought that the actress <laughs> that got in to play her, though, was a good choice for playing an older Molly O'Sullivan. She was. She was. It, it was a good choice, but I, it felt like very much of a yes, throw-in. That I will agree with you with. Yeah, that's I true. mean, it yes. just... Because there wasn't much yeah, to do. And, the way no. she's introduced in it, I mean, it's transparent, so transparent, in fact, you wonder why nobody, yes. none of the villains have realized this before. Yes. Um, <laughs> but Doctor Who villains, it must be said, have never been noted for their intelligence. <laughs> um, uh, but the, the whole series, all four box sets are named Dark Eyes, but the central character, <laughs> Dark Eyes, I've got this whole thing rolling is gone for most of the series. Yes. <laughs> it needed to be called something yeah. else and, and yeah. developed yeah. differently. Well, Dark Eyes <laughs> 2, 3, and 4 could have been called something else quite easily. But I mean, it, it, the, I mean, we're being a bit down on it, or it sounds like we're being a bit down on it. But I, I have to say I enjoyed this. Probably not as much as I did one, obviously. I don't think anything... It, ever top the first one two is still my least favorite three i i enjoyed quite a bit yeah three is one i did not enjoy much at all except for the confrontation between the doctor and the master so i i would probably rank this one i think i would rank it one three four and two in terms of in terms of how Mm -hmm. much i enjoyed them and i think it it brings the series to i guess a decent conclusion 
but I think it goes back to the problem of it was never supposed to be four box sets from the beginning. It was supposed to be yeah. one box set. And frankly, I think had they just done the one box set and moved on, I could look at Dark mm-hmm. Eyes as a series with, I think, yeah. slightly friendlier eyes and sort of yeah, and think, right. think back right. on it perhaps a bit more fondly. Because what I remember is there was one brilliant box set followed mm-hmm. by uh, a not so good one a good one and a decent one that had to round everything off <laughs> yeah yeah i agree but you know my biggest problem yeah, I... go on Robert. <laughs> uh was that i you know you mentioned piling all these things in i sort of was wondering at the end who is everybody what are their thoughts on, you know what's their motivations and what's happening mm. that's how i felt at, at the end there was so much happening that i'm thinking where does this all go back to yeah and, oh, and it was mm. it was also the way it kind of it rounds off the molly o'sullivan and the eminence stories as well and i'm not quite sure how i feel even now a year later about the way that all yeah. ended up working out uh particularly the eminence origin more so than how molly's story ends Mm-hmm. It kind of makes sense, um, but I suppose that it it reminds me of some of the RTD era writing where everything just kind of builds up to a point and, it's, uh, and yes. it might feel a bit emotionally satisfying, but if you bother trying to look at it logically, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Let's use the TARDIS to talk yes. about it. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> kind of one of those things that, I mean, we talked about ages ago when we reviewed Dark Eyes the first Dark Eyes set, that it was trying to, it was very much influenced by the new series writing, particularly RTD. And I feel like that's especially true with the way this fourth box set kind of ends up, especially within its final story, Eyes of Darkness. But, you know, it it rounds the whole Dark Eyes storyline off decently, but, you know, you could have called it, as I said, anything else. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, so. But one one thing that you touched on, and I, I totally agree, and for me, the most memorable story uh, of the last box set was Alive yes. in the Day. And purely because Liv, I liked her relationship with her real-life husband, as uh, yes. it was. But, you know, just, just uh, the lightening of things. It was just refreshing to hear as a bit too much dark darkness, which is the proper thing, dark eyes. And for me, I, I enjoyed that aspect. And another thing was the older Molly, Sull- Molly Sullivan. It just reminded me when I'm listening to Doom Coalition, they sometimes do a good thing with casting a well, they have a younger character and then they have her years later. And they did the same with Doom Coalition with um, Rejoice. So I, I think that's they're good at doing that. Hmm. I, so I enjoyed that bit hmm. as well. Well, since you've mentioned Doom Coalition, shall we move on to Doom Coalition 1? Yes, let's. Come to gloat, Doctor. On the contrary. I came to see if there was anything you wanted to say. Any final words? The Eighth Doctor box set. Doom Coalition, Volume 1. Your home planet. Gallifrey. It usually starts with them all pointing guns at me and goes downhill from there. Oh, hello, Padrack. Her hand, she's reaching up to take off her mask. You can see that, can't you? I couldn't help noticing just then. Yeah. Another 
personality emerged. I take it you've come to me because of my particular affliction. You don't understand! It's a face! A face! A terrible face! What's that noise? Can't be. Live! Run! You're Helen Sinclair, language scholar, British Museum. You know my work. Oh, no, I read the sign on the door. But that doesn't matter. Helen, this tablet is vital to the safety of the cosmos. The man calls himself the Doctor. What? Is, is he here? Galileo, how good to see you again. Commence dissection. What? right here where would this contraption take us to the end of the line mr payne to the end of the line big finish we love stories let's give the doctor the welcome he so richly deserves well doom coalition was released back in october and i have to admit that and i have a sneaking suspicion this must be the case for you two as well um, that was about, what, five months ago now, and I have only just now gotten around to listening to it. Yes, I'm here. Um, mm-hmm. I, it may be a case of box set fatigue as well, but it, 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 it does kind of seem sad to me that the only way to experience the Eighth Doctor now is in these big box sets. Um, yes, yeah. yeah. Because they're sort of tied to a central yeah. theme, aren't they? yeah. Uh, and the, the trouble is, is that they don't know how to be very original with him anymore. Uh, if these box sets are any yes. indication, it seems like we're recycling the same um, energy, the same, you know, people. Ah, yes, yes. Mm. Yeah. Very true. This one picks up sometime after Dark Eyes 4 ends, and it's notable that it's Doom Coalition 1 straight from the thing. Because they, when they announced Doom Coalition, the understanding was is that they were planning four box sets in advance, and it would be a story told across all 16 CDs. So they had clearly learned one lesson from doing Dark Eyes, where it started off as a one four CD box set, yes. and then it became 16 discs total. It affects your planning, yes. doesn't it? Um, the only problem with that is, is that if you're planning on doing that from day one, it can make listening to the early parts of it quite frustrating and i know that that was my case with this first box set because let's be honest doom coalition one features not a whole lot of doom and not much coalition <laughs> Very uh, true. and you wonder where the title has uh, come from you hope that it will pay off eventually <laughs> yeah I, I i sort of get got the feeling that there will be all these sort of teams like uh getting together to fight some common bad or something but yes you're right you know, it's I was like, wondering, where, the, where does the title come from if it's got no oh. well we, we're, i guess we're gonna find out you know we've got three more boxes yes. to go and after this two one. has been released fairly recently as of when we're talking yeah. um that's right but it's you know and mary you were talking about that they're trying to recycle the same energy and some of the same characters and a lot of the same ideas Going into this, the thing that really caught my attention was the fact that there was a new villain at the heart of it, this Time Lord called the Eleven, mm-hmm. who apparently is, you know, one incarnation with all 11 of his minds rolling around inside of him, which sounds great on paper. Yeah. Listening oh. to it being executed amounts to the actor, um, 
Mark yeah. Bonner. Um, yeah. It basically amounts to him putting on a bunch of different voices and doing a whole lot of shouting. Which I can't help but wonder if there could have been a slightly better way of getting him across, because it rather undermines the whole premise of the character, that it's basically one guy putting on a bunch of silly voices and doing a lot of shouting. You know, to the point that Livchenka can sit there and basically make fun of him the whole time while being drug along on a chain. Mm -hmm. Well, now, you sound very negative about it. I will say that I really enjoyed the concept of the Eleven, and I think yeah, the I did did an outstanding job of distinctly portraying every one of those previous mm -hmm. incarnations. He left me amazed. And I think he's a very, very interesting villain. So you and I stand, you know, polar opposites about him. I like the concept <laughs> of him. I yeah, you said yeah. the concept. And I, for me, I thought it was extremely well mm. executed. And I think it might have been slightly better had we not opened this big new box set by going back to Gallifrey. In some respects, rehashing a lot of the Gallifrey elements that have been established, not just in Big Finish, but back in the TV series. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's boring to hear about how, what a staid, boring society. Yeah, and I, I, yes, yes. Him and yeah, we have to hear that. Of the Gallifrey stories and anything with the Time Lords. I'm usually a big fan of that kind of thing. But here, once again, as you were saying, Mary, there's nothing original really kind of going on here. No. However, the character of Libchenka seems to have gone yes. through a little bit of a reprocessing yes. um, because yes. she was such a wet blanket in Dark Eyes. And in yes. this one, she's kind of settled back into being the more sensible yes. companion. Uh, it's such a relief. And her yeah. with um, that Hattie, I thought Hattie. was good. It's, uh, Hattie you're thinking of the actress who plays her, but it's the, the Helen Sinclair oh. character. Sorry, Helen. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, the actor. So, uh, <laughs> I like this portrayal of Livchenko. Oh, yeah. So much one better. of the notes I have as well is Livchenko has lightened up and Nicola Walker is having a field day. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell she's it's having such a relief. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, but what I also see is that they've taken on the same roles as we're seeing on TV, where the um, 12th Doctor needs his common sense companion to kind of keep him in yes. check, you know, keep him in touch. And I thought, oh, okay, this is kind of derivative yeah. of that, you know? So although I, I like the change, I also see it as not very original doctor companion yeah. dynamic. But I think it's yeah. helped a bit by the fact that McGann and Nicola Walker bounce off of each other quite nicely. Yeah, they do. Um, and they I do. love the addition in the second story, The Red Lady, where they introduce Helen Sinclair, who's this um, sort of art expert curator kind of character, or trying to uh -huh. be a curator, uh, battling against, yeah. you know, 60s sexism and whatever else. Oh, the whatever else is such a yes. delight because she, you know, here she is traveling in time and doing the very thing you or I would do. <laughs> what? We're really here? <laughs> Oh my gosh, look, there's a real, you know, object of this yes. time period with mm. Doctor and Liv having to tell her, no, don't touch it, don't take it, don't, mm. you know, and try not to act so <laughs> obviously touristy, yes. but she does, mm. and that would be, that would so be me. So yes, I feel very much a connection to this. Yes, and I mean, the whole point of the companions from basically day one was that they would be something for the audience or the viewers at home, or in this case, the listener mm. to latch on to. And very much so with her, she's 
young, she's mm-hmm. bright, she's intelligent, and as you say, Mary, she does what I think any of us who went back in time would actually do. Yeah. And you get the sense that Liv and the Doctor have been traveling yes. for a while and have done and seen other things because Liv is, I don't want to say world-weary, but she's very, it's like she understands Helen's yes. reactions. And has yes. It's kind of her guide in saying what to do and what not to do. So, yeah, you get that sense that, that you've got an old-time companion yes. going here. And I think that's a lot of the plot of the third story, the Galileo Trap, uh, is sort of the interactioning between them two and sort of Helen's reactions to <laughs> arriving in... <laughs> it's like, Galileo, are you kidding? Really? Oh my gosh, this is Galileo? <laughs> it's like, calm down, Helen. <laughs> but you, you know what that story just amounted to, the Galileo Trap? Basically, it was like a, an old school Doctor Who episode with the, the padding episode where people are locked up and then they escape, people locked up, yeah. that kind of thing. I mean, it, it does have <laughs> yeah. John Woodvine uh, playing Galileo. Oh, is, and he is wonderful. wonderful. He is one of the great UK character actors who's been in anything and everything, including uh, playing the yes. mad marshal in the Armageddon Factor, and probably being the best I'm thing in the Armageddon Factor. Uh, but he's also uh, Bob Peck's boss on uh, the police force in the wonderful Edge of Darkness miniseries from the 80s, if you haven't seen that. And he plays the player King in the David Tennant Hamlet from a few years back, which I highly recommend. Uh, but I think he's the best thing about the Galileo Trap. And of course, we've skipped over Helen's introduction story. And for me, probably the best story to come out of this first Doom Coalition uh, box set. That was fabulous. Yes. Yes. The Red Lady. And I like you know what I really loved about it was that it didn't explain it. It didn't say, well, this is because of such and such. It just mm-hmm. left it. And, and I think that makes it more powerful. I hate it in modern Doctor Who where they have to say, oh, this is a time machine that translates everybody's thoughts so they can understand uh, different languages, blah, blah, blah. Why do you have to explain things? Okay. I think that's just... I think it's audience, the difference between an audience now and an audience then, perhaps. But the great thing I love about The Red Lady is that it actually does something that I think Big Finish back in the day was very good at doing, but I think they've gotten away from, which is using the audio medium to their advantage. And the fact that you can't actually see this Red Lady figure in all of these paintings and drawings and whatnot and that becomes it's a very visual story done on audio and it is yes it is right and they don't they don't try to over portray the red lady but it's done it's hugely effective and it is very creepy and actually quite scary at times Mm -hmm. Um, it's a hugely effective thing and then they put the listener at one point into the same uh situation as the doctor and Liv, because of course doctor and Liv can't see anything which is exactly what the audience is going through right you can't see what's going on and it's a fascinating kind of way of doing it but this is what (laughs) big finish ought to be doing more often is to find ways of telling doctor who on audio that can only be done on audio and exactly. I think the problem exactly. has become here recently, um, and I think this is across the board for every range that I've listened to, is this tendency of, oh, it's the TV show without the pictures, instead of finding yeah. ways of telling stories on <laughs> audio. And of course, you, I mean, they used to back in the day, Whispers of Terror, very early on in the main range. Um, <clears> is an example of that, Embrace the Darkness as well, which is another early main range. You know, another, another example, Matthew. You know what another example is? The prisoner 
you know, the the owning you yes. episode, sort of, so to speak, on Prisoner Box. That is something that could only have been done right. on audio. Uh, Your Beautiful Village, which is the, the third episode no, for The Prisoner. Yes. Uh, it's a case in that as well. But instead, I think that they're, I don't want to say obsessed, that's the wrong word. They're very focused, let's put it that way, uh, basically being the TV show without the pictures. And I think that that's very clear listening to a lot of this box set, but especially the final disc, uh, The Satanic Mill, which doesn't quite work for me. And I can't quite put my finger on no, no, why. It doesn't work for me either, and I and I am at a loss to explain. Yeah, if there's some, I mean, it's got some interesting ideas in it. Ultimately, it doesn't seem to do very much, to be perfectly honest. And something something about well, it seems uh, off. It tries to come across as, you know, once again, we're building to the big finish. You know, we're... we're no pun intended? Yes, that was the name of the company. No pun intended. <laughs> but again, bringing in large, huge elements, you know, for the doctor to, to go up against. And I get a little tired of Paul McGann and his screaming at large, you know, alien enemies getting into shouting yeah. matches with the whoever the 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 alien or, or the the monster or whoever it is. Um and and Paul McGann's thing, whatever the writers are doing, it seems like they always want to end these box sets with him carrying on mm. like that um at the end with some larger than life force. Uh, so it's like that that's that I think is why it didn't yeah. work for me. And also I think yeah, yeah it also of... both the first and last disc of this set, I think, recycle Time Lord elements and that yeah. I think have been far better used elsewhere. Um yeah. but yeah. I, I, I with you, Mary, I, I thinking back on it, McGann, for some reason they keep doing this as you were saying, that he ends up always shouting by the end of these things. And it's like and mm -hmm. I miss sort of when he actually had sort of intellectual sparring partners as it were where he could just have sort of a tit for tat as it were and you know but you could enjoy it and it's yeah, not him okay. sitting there being all shouty right and right but they seem to want to write episodes in which he's reduced yeah. doing a lot <laughs> yeah shouting can i, can I ask <laughs> yes. you guys something for me uh i thought the 11 was going to be like the main sort of thing of this box set and then i'm listening to the others and i'm thinking where does the 11 picture into yeah. these? And, well, and it just left me confused. A, I mean, this is a 16 episode thing. So I think, you know, like, like in Dark Eyes, they're, they're, some enemies are going to kind of drop out, but then be brought yeah. back again. But apparently he's only very minimally in um, the next mm. box set. Oh, is he, so you so, listed uh, two? So, no, I, I haven't, but going on what, what other people have said who have listened to. But yeah, I just can't. I was just listening to it and thinking, not yeah. As I say, I really enjoyed the Red Lady. Uh, that was the standout story mm. for me. But I just, I was just left pondering. I'm thinking, what's the main thrust of this box set? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I didn't get it. I thought, what I, was happening? You know, it may just be laying a lot of yeah, ground. I thought the eleven was going to be it. Maybe. I mean, yeah, that's. Maybe. I think it's. We now have the exact opposite problem that we had with Dark Eyes, which is that Dark Eyes. Mm was meant to be one bot set, but ended up becoming four, and ended up two, three, and four became something mm -hmm. else entirely, with sort of minimal mm -hmm. tying back to that first set. But here, because they're going into mm -hmm. it from the very beginning, shall we say, planning to do four box sets and 16 CDs, uh, that they have mm -hmm. the bigger picture. 
But the problem is, is that trying to experience a story at a time, and in some respects, I think it, it shares that uh, with Moffat's Doctor Who as well, that the bigger picture is what's going to be very interesting. But trying to experience it story by story uh, can be an utterly frustrating experience. Yes. Unless the stories are well written. And within this box set, for me, the weakest story was the Galileo. I thought crap. Satanic Mill was, was the weakest of the four here. Yeah, I'd Matthew. Um, <laughs> so I, yeah, well, so I found I, myself kind of yeah. drifting off during the Galileo yeah. crap a lot because I kept getting bored with it. The Satanic Mill, like I said, is, is what led to, to my McGann fatigue, you know, that, that shouting at a big enemy yeah. once again. I have to say, I don't rank Galileo Trap much higher than you do. <laughs> Mary, I have to be honest. Okay. <laughs> I think it, Galileo Trap is saved by John Woodvine playing Galileo for me, and also the way him and McGann yeah, kind of bounce off of each other. Yeah. But I think it's one of those things. To be fair, by the time you get to the fourth disc, you do finally get a little bit of doom, uh, but not much. And it, I'm hoping that the second box set, I think it's one of those things that it's like the Moffat era of Who, that you can look back at the bigger picture and see where everything kind of ties together and fits mm. in. Well, we, we hope, hope so, so anyway, Matthew. Um, <laughs> but I have, and I must say, it's it's River Song's presence in the next box set that is about the only thing that would keep me going. I, I, I mean, I, as I said that, to Tony Flyer, who's one of my uh, fellow reviewers over at Warp Factor, we were talking uh, a few days ago. I mentioned to him that you know, if we weren't doing this for the podcast, I probably would not have gotten around ever gotten around to listening to Doom Coalition One because there's not a whole lot in it at this point that interests me. I'm suffering. At yeah. this point, from a bit of, as you put it, Mary, McGann fatigue, that mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I don't really want to put Big Finish down by saying I think they've run out of things to do with him. But I think mm -hmm. that there mm -hmm. needs to be some new creative energy brought to bear with his doctor. Ah, exactly. Somebody on the forum, uh, a lot of people on the forum were saying that. They said, could they have their competition, you know, bring in new writers, write a script for a Big Finish, mm -hmm. get some new sort of yeah. blood in there. Rather than the same old roster. Of, yeah, uh, and I think writers. that McGann, as I said when I interviewed him, is very big on Big Finish, and he himself has said that he got a real big boost in the arm from doing Night of the Doctor in 2013. Also, Dark Eyes, who had already come, mm. the first Dark Eyes that had come out by that point and was hugely successful. Right. And he really felt a big boost in the arm. So clearly, and listening to him at this, and I don't want to fault McGann's performance because I think he does good with the material he's handed across mm. all four of these, and of course, talking about Dark Eyes 4 earlier. The problem is, is I think the writers who are working on these have, I think, about run out of ideas about how to play with his doctor and what they can do with him. Yeah, In the yeah. same way, I think that that happened with the BBC books. I mean, there were 70-odd Eight Doctor books by the time that range ended. And by the end of that, they had turned him into a cold and cynical figure because I think they had run out of things to do with him. Um, and I don't want to see Big Finish go down that route. And, of course, I see that once... This Doom yeah. Coalition thing is over with. They're going to do a, a, a Time War box set that presumably is going to eventually tie everything up with Night of the Doctor. But it's Doom Coalition 1 is a disappointment. I mean, I'm looking at my iTunes at the moment, at my rankings for things. I gave the 11, 3 out of 5, ah. Red Lady, 5 out of 5, Galileo Trap, uh, 3 out of 5, and I gave Satanic Mill a 2 out of 5. So that gives you an idea of how much yeah. I enjoyed this yeah. box set. Yeah. You know, I would not mind seeing the Paul, see the Paul McGann character folded back into the main range so that he's yes, yes. getting a little of him and a little of the others, which I know is the opposite way from how Big Finish is kind of planning yeah. things. But 
I would prefer that to these, you know, dense box sets that are solidly one doctor, you know, that frankly you get tired yeah. of by the end. But, yeah. you know, and Which I think the shame. problem has become that because he's a creature of the box sets now, as I think Tony Flyer put it in his review of this set, <laughs> that he's, yeah. that, you know, he's stuck on a story arc continuously. Right. You know, if from <clears> box set <throat> yeah. to box set or overarching box set story arcs now, he's stuck. And they can't mm-hmm. figure, and because mm-hmm. he's not in the main range where you can, you know, you get two discs here and there to tell a four-part story, that he's mm-hmm. kind of stuck like this now. And I think it's a shame. I'm like you, Mary. I'd be very happy yeah. for him to be folded back to get three main range stories every year now. Instead of doing... Right, well, and yes. what he did just this last year with the three doctors, the local yes. doctor. Um, so, you know, it'd be nice to see him be a part of things yeah. like that. And I think, I think exactly. moving exactly. him to the main range as well would give a real boost of energy back to the main range. Because as we talked about when we did our geek out, it's sort of at this point, it's like wither the main range. Right. Yo, there's the three main doctors, yeah. isn't there? There's the fifth, six, Yeah, five, and six, seven. and seven. That's and it. then uh, four, eight, Next. war doctor, and now the tenth doctor have all, are off on their own ranges. And not to mention yeah. all the spinoffs and box sets. And I think the problem is, you know, is uh, box set fatigue. Not just in terms of creativeness, but also, I don't know about you guys, but I get tired of every time there's a new release with the Eighth Doctor. You know, I have to sit down and listen to a four CD box set for crying out loud. Right, right. Yes, um, yes. They sort of outstay their welcome. So. Yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's a very good way of putting it. <laughs> and, you know, I'd be very happy. I know that Big Finish does the box sets for the economic reasons. And the fact that part of the problem they had with spinoff series is in the past was... People would buy the first disc, like it or not like it, and then might not buy two, three, or four. And this way, they can invest all their money, mm. and you put all your money in it once and get it that way. But mm. yeah, I think as well that, you know, from a financial point of view, I'd be very happy for them to go back to the way they were doing things. But also, I think it would do the writing uh, a mountain of good to get away from continuing story arcs. Because mm. right. we're, we're seeing the same writers over and over. Doing yeah, and don't get me sets. wrong, they're good writers. They're good, solid writers. You know, yeah, that's true. John Dorney, I think, mm-hmm. just about every time he writes, hits it out of the park. And they're all doing good. I think that mm. what they need at the moment, though, it's a bit like with Robert Holmes, go away, bring some new writers in, go away for a bit, bring these people back. They have time to recharge creative batteries and bring us a case of Androzani, <laughs> as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. I, I give this box set overall a three out of five, uh, and will <laughs> be kind of sad saying that it was a bit of a disappointment. <clears throat> it has good elements and it has one really good story in it, but it's it's pretty much average at yeah. this point. Yeah, you know what I really liked though was um, the extras. I think rather than just saying, oh, you know, oh, this person was good, that person was good. I liked, for example, John Dorney talking about the Red Lady. And how he drew on elements of certain stories, and I, I love sort of get that aspect of, of hearing the extras and um, you know motivations to think. Even like something I was listening to last night was just an actress explaining she's given a role, she doesn't pick the choose the role, and she doesn't she's not the writer of it, so she has to get something from. I love extras like that, and I found the extras mm. excellent. Actually, uh, something I something I did make a note of that I had brought up now, but I actually think from a purely financial point of view, you could get rid of the extras disc off a lot of these box sets and just put some interviews at the end of each one, like they did with Survivors, at least initially. Um, and that would certainly, you know, knock the price down by a good five, ten bucks per disc, you know. Yeah. 
a lot of extras mm -hmm. really are, are like um, Robert said, they're a waste yeah, of time. But, you get, but you also you get nuggets in the wasteland. John Dorney talking about writing the Red Lady, for example, and also listening to David Richardson right. and Ken Bentley about sort of overall yeah, but planning. If you could just get those kind of extras, that yeah, would be great. A lot of the actor yeah. extras and stuff tend to be kind of repetitive, especially when you keep bringing people back for four box sets. And, and people's and, and you know, hearing people say, oh, I really enjoy working because you get such lovely lunches oh. and it's like a family. How many times do we have to hear that? Uh, yes. We get it. So, <laughs> to Coalition One, a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that one. Mm. I will have to see with the second box. So yes, though it, it may be a proverbial <laughs> okay. cold day before I get around to listening to box set two. <laughs> Well, if it didn't have Alex Kingston like, in it, I probably would not listen to the next mm. box set. But you know what I was thinking? Like, you were talking about Dark Eyes, and, and that was great for the one story, really. I was just thinking this is like sort of like the first story of the first uh, Dark Eyes, if, if you get my meaning, in that the story is told over four box sets. This is like the first Dark Eyes uh, story. These four yeah, episodes, but if this, because yeah. of the way this was planned. But if this was, <laughs> if Dark Eyes had been planned from day one to be four box sets, we wouldn't have gotten that brilliant mm. one-off box set that started it all. And I'd much rather yes. have that over something like this. Yes. So you think they could have done that with the Doom Coalition? I think as they well. could have. I actually, instead of doing sixteen disc overarching story, just. That's a lot, and that's a lot that's of money. A lot to spend of money to well. spend. Do a single four. Do what Nick Briggs planned on Dark Eyes being to begin with. Do a single one-off four-disc box set, beginning, middle, end. That's my yes. feeling, anyways. But I think we've I think we've rambled yes. enough about uh, dark about Dark Eyes Four and Doom Coalition One for this episode. <laughs> yes. But as always, we would uh, love to hear what you guys think about us. Tell us. You know, tell us how we're wrong. I'd be very interested in hearing that. Um, we, we read some feedback at the beginning of the show. You can post it on our website through the comments section on any of our pages, storiesfromthevortex.blogspot.com, or you can email in feedback like Jason did, uh, feedback.vortex at yahoo.com. But in the meantime, we'll hope you'll join us for our next episode where we'll be going a bit further back in the past we're going to be listening to the very first season of <laughs> Dalek Empire. So one something that's been requested a couple of times and that I think will be a very interesting listen. So until then, that's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And goodbye from them. So long. Thanks for all the fish. Take care. Thing that you touched on, and I, I totally agree. And for me, the most memorable story uh, of 
the last box set was Alive yes. in the Day. And purely because Liv Tyler Liv Tyler lightened up, she could she could play a uh, a nice uh, sorry, Livchenko. <clears throat> I'm thinking of um because you're mentioning RTD, I'm thinking of Rose mixing I'm going to edit that bit and stick it at the end of the episode as a sort of uh, Marvel style <laughs> post credit scene. <laughs> 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 